Hi. Hey, I, I got, a, got his mic from over here, and uh, she's going to share something real quick, and then we're going to get started. Just making sure you guys are getting the back. Go ahead. Hold on, just, he might have turned it off. There you go. sharing my testimony that I am overcoming. I'm overcoming sexual abuse that I had in my younger childhood. I'm overcoming suicide that I just got out of the hospital for a month ago. I'm overcoming a relationship that was very abusive towards me. And um, I'm overcoming cutting and depression and just all those bad thoughts. And I'm just here as a testimony for those who are not overcome yet, but who are overcoming, like, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, last night I had, a, I had an episode where I wanted to kill myself, but, you know, I'm, I'm with God, and I'm overcoming right now, so I'm just hoping to share that hope with you right now. What's your name? Alex? Hey, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Before she goes to sit down, um, I think it would just be, just be appropriate, you know, to pray for her uh, dealing with that stuff, so... Uh, why don't you guys join me in praying for her? And, uh, man, if you feel uncomfortable praying for her, that's cool. You don't have to. Um, but if you want to pray for her, man, I just want to ask you guys, maybe you just want to hold your hands out like this towards her and pray for her and pray over her. And I think we got somebody coming up here to pray with you also. <laughs> and, uh, and we're just going gonna to pray for you right now, Alex. Is that cool? All right. Father, I just thank you so, so much for your goodness and your grace. Got to know that Alex's story up here is probably similar to someone else that's sitting out here today. And God, I know that, uh, that the struggles are real, and the battle is real, the war is real. And God, I just ask that you would be with her, Lord God, that you would help her to overcome. I pray, God, that if there's there, all of these things that she just mentioned here tonight, Lord, I know that the enemy wants to get his foot in the door. He wants to get a stronghold. He wants to hang on tight, and he wants to destroy. But God, I just pray, Lord, that she would grab a hold of the victory that comes through Jesus. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would rebuke anything that is in her, around her, that is not of you, Lord. And God, that you would just give her, put people in her life that would encourage her and challenge her and bring her through. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name because we believe that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We believe at the name of Jesus that everything has to submit to your authority. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. What a night. I mean, we're just, I mean... I mean, is there, there's really nothing else to say, I don't guess. Uh, it's powerful. Uh, here, your Bible's open up to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Dude, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about what is the real war. I mean, we've been talking about war in this series. It's called This Is War, and the, and the series is on the armor of God, and you find the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 for the next for the next uh, like five or six weeks. Now here's the cool thing. Ephesians is not a big book of the Bible. It only has six chapters, and this sixth chapter is the last chapter in the book of Ephesians. So this is my challenge to you, and this is my encouragement to you. I want to put, I want to get you guys, for those of you that, that are not in the Word of God, those of you that aren't, you know, you, you don't know where to start reading your Bible, you don't know where to begin with that, you don't know how to, you don't know any of that kind of stuff, I want to help you guys out. So I'm actually in the process right now, and I'm almost 
almost finished writing this. This is a This Is War 30-day devotional that we are writing to go along with every week that we're going to be doing. And we're going to have a couple hundred copies of these next week. And we're going to give a copy of this to everyone that's here so that you guys can have a 30-day devotional to walk through God's Word and, and what we're doing in here. And this will also help you as you learn how to spend time with God and have a relationship with Him. And my challenge to you for this week and over the next week, especially since we're in Ephesians uh, for the next however long, is that take one chapter a day in the book of Ephesians in your Bible and read it. And read it. Take chapter 1 and read it. Circle some things that stick out to you. Underline some, some things that stick out to you. If you come across something that, that's confusing, that you don't understand, you don't know what that means, man, circle that and, 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 and ask someone next week. Ask your small group leaders next week. Come and ask me next week. And let's have a conversation about it. And get to growing in your faith because it's so important that you connect to God. It's so important that you connect to His Word. It's so, so incredibly important. And if there's anything that I hope that you will get as you walk through uh, this journey here at the point. If you're a freshman now and you walk through here until you graduate, if there's anything that I hope you get, it's this, that you take ownership of your faith and you learn how to feed yourself spiritually to a point to where no longer do you have to worry about me feeding you, but you can feed yourself. And a part of you feeding yourself is getting into the Word of God, studying God's Word. And that is a part of the armor of God. The Bible tells us that the sword of the Spirit, which we'll be touching on later on in this series, is the Word of God. And so I want to challenge you guys. When it says put on the full armor, I mean, it's talking about this too. And so I want to challenge you guys with that. Read Ephesians this week. Next week, we're going to have the 30-day devotional guides available for you. And, and we're really excited about that and what that's going to do. And as you guys can tell, we're doing a little something different tonight. We had them extend the steps out and so now I can actually talk from up here and uh, and not be all down on the floor so the people in the back road can actually can actually see my head and not just like the top of my head bobbing around up here and you can see me and all this kind of stuff so we're excited about that so before we get into Ephesians chapter 6 I just want us uh, just to pray real quick so father I just pray that you'll be with the time together we have tonight pray God that you would be with your word that you would speak to our hearts through your word and we pray all these things in Jesus name amen let's start in verse 10 Ephesians chapter 6 and I want you to listen, and I, I want you to think through this. If you've got a pen with you, you can underline some words. And listen, when you go out of here tonight, if you don't have a Bible and you're like, man, that's great, I'd like to read Ephesians, but I don't really have a Bible, you can grab a Bible off the cart back there. It's yours. It's a gift from us. Please take one. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. And uh, so let's go into it. And uh, so he says this. He says, finally, if you've got a pen, I may ask you to underline some words here. Finally, underline these first two words, be strong. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, listen, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor, underline that full armor, of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand, underline to stand, your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, underline stand there, stand firm then, underline stand firm. This passage right here gives us a window, gives us a peek into what the real war is. Because here's the reality. If you don't know who your enemy is, if you don't know how to approach who your enemy is, you're not going to do a very good job defeating your enemy. See, one of the most powerful things that we have in the United States that, that protects us is our intelligence. 
And we have a, you know, an entire agency devoted to intelligence. And they, they spy on other countries. And they try to figure out the other countries' information and what technologies they have and what military strategies they have. And, and when, when it's time for war, we, we develop military strategies. And we try to figure out stuff in order to attack the people that, that, that are, that are uh, coming against us and the enemy. And, and trying to figure out how to do that. And, and so, so we, you have to know who your enemy is. You have to know who you're battling against. You have to understand understand who and what that is in order to be effective in the battle. I think the reality is for most of us in this room, you don't understand what the real war is. You think the real war is your parents, or you think the real war is that ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. You think the real war is that person in your school that bullies you or offends you. You think the real war is all of these things, and the Bible tells us clearly right here that that's not what the real war is. I want us to focus in real, real quick, and then we're going to kind of go back around it and unpack it. Look what he says in verse 12. For our struggle, this word struggle in the Greek literally means to wrestle or to battle or to fight. And so what he's saying here is, look, when you were in a battle, when, you were, when I was in high school, I wrestled. And I remember, man, you get out there, and the good thing about wrestling is this one-on-one. You get your butt kicked, it's your fault. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so you get out there, and you don't want to get your butt kicked, especially at a home wrestling match because all your friends are watching. Maybe that cute girl, and you're like, I don't want that to happen. So anyways, and I remember getting out there, and not like cute girls want to see those little singlets anyway, but whatever. And so I'm sitting there, and, I, you, know, and you shake the guy's hand. And, dude, the only thing I'm thinking is, I'm not thinking don't lose. I'm thinking and destroy this punk. You know what I mean? That's what I think. And so we get up there, you know, and you shake hands, and dude, it is on. I mean, every muscle in your body, everything that you're thinking, everything you're doing is going to defeat this person. I mean, with everything you have, you're not just sitting there going, oh yeah, let me just, yeah, let me just, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh man, what did I do for homework yesterday? You know, oh, yeah. I mean, what, what, man, what did my girlfriend tell me to do? Like, I mean, what, none of that kind of stuff. I mean, you are in tune, you are focused, you are, you're ready to go. And this is what he says. He's like, look, look, our struggle, our battle, our war, what is in front of us, It's not against flesh and blood. What does he mean by flesh and blood? He means by human. He's like, look, the, the struggle that you have is not of human origin. It's not of human origin. It's not of flesh and blood. You think that your mom and your dad and this and that and all this kind of stuff is a problem. That's not the problem. That is not the major issue. Let me tell you something, and let me just lay it out there. Let's talk about abuse for a second. Let's talk about sexual abuse for a second. As many of you in this room have dealt with, as many of you in this room I've had conversations with about that, let me tell you something. That does not come from this world. That is demonic. It is satanic. It is disgusting, and that comes straight from the pit of hell from the enemy that's who it comes from period our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and so there's two things that our struggles against and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms Look what he says. He says there are two battles right here going on, two fronts that you have to make. Now, Ephesians is written to Christians. It's written to the church. It's written to the church at Ephesus. So he's talking to Christians here. And he's like, hey, listen, you guys are Christians now. So your struggle isn't just against your flesh any longer. Remember before you were a Christian and, you know, in your flesh and because you were fallen and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you had that. Well, listen, your major struggle right now is with the world and with the enemy, Satan. The forces in the heavenly realms. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. But what, are, what is the world? What is these things that we struggle with in the world? The world are all the things, because we live in a fallen world since Adam and Eve sinned, since sin tainted the world, because of that, we, we live in a world that is, that is tainted. 
that is full of darkness, that is full of evil, that is full of things that Satan uses to entice us in. In fact, Thomas Brooks, and I mentioned this to you guys before because it's a perfect picture, but he talks about how Satan uses the hook of the flesh to bait He uses the hook of the flesh and baits it with the world in order to tempt us. And so Satan uses those things in our flesh that we, you know, that we that we crave, that we desire, and he hooks that with the world. And so for for you, man, maybe your struggle in your flesh is 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 pornography, or maybe it's lust. What does Satan do? Satan uses pornography to bait the hook of that flesh in order to draw you in, in order to hook you, in order to catch you, in order to bring you down. He uses that depression of the flesh. And he hooks that with suicide. He hooks that with cutting. He hooks that with anxiety. He hooks that with all of those things. And that's how he, he works. That is a part of his, his, his ways and how he, how he does. The second thing is that it says, and then there's spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me tell you something, guys, something. What you see is not all that's going on. The Bible is clear. The Bible tells us that there is a spiritual realm going on around us. There is a battle and a war for your soul going on around us. There is supernatural war going on around us. And he goes on to say, and if you back up right before verse 12 there, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. He's like, listen, the devil is a schemer. Satan is a schemer. Let me give you a little bit of history of the devil, of Satan. Satan was created. Satan hasn't always been. Sometimes people think, oh man, there's always been God and there's always been Satan and one represents good and one represents evil and they're in this battle and sometimes God's winning and sometimes Satan's winning, but in the end, God's going to win and that's how it's going to be. That is not true. God has always existed. God is eternal. God has never had a beginning. God created, when the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1-1, God created the angels in heaven. And Ezekiel tells us that, that Satan was created as the most beautiful of all the angels. The most beautiful of all the angels. And Isaiah tells us that Satan, he, he, he really liked this attention that he was getting. He really liked uh, you know, the fact that he was the most beautiful. And he saw all the other angels worshiping God. And he thought that he should be worshipped the way God is worshipped. And the Bible says that he says he wanted to be like the most high. And God says, hold on a second, bro. What's created can't be above his creator. There's only one God. Satan wasn't cool with that. And let me tell you something. Satan is charismatic. The devil is charismatic. The Bible tells us that when God threw Satan out of heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. Listen, a third of the angels that had seen God, that had worshipped God, that had been in the presence of God, followed Satan when God kicked him out of heaven. If you think that Satan, who deceived a third of the angels in heaven cannot deceive you you are sorely mistaken and this is what paul's telling us here he's like look the devil is a schemer the bible says he is the father of lies he he comes out and one of the biggest things that satan uses to to destroy us is that he mimics god he mimics god in fact, when you go through and you read in the, in the, in the Bible, you see that, that there is the trinity within God. There's a triunity within Satan. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. When you go through and you study, the Bible talks about God being, Jesus being the light of the world. The Bible says that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. 
He masquerades himself. He puts on a front. If he walked in this room, he would be the most friendly, beautiful, charismatic person in the room. You wouldn't be like, oh, who's that evil person over there? He mimics God. That is his greatest asset. And he uses this to deceive. This is a part of his schemes. And, and one commentator said this in talking about e evil because Satan's phony and manipulative and he's a deceiver. He says this. He says, evil rarely looks evil until it accomplishes its goal. It gains entrance by appearing attractive, desirable, and perfectly legitimate. It is a baited and camouflaged trap. Think of the traps that are laid before you every single day. Think of the traps that are laid before you that are, that are attractive and desirable. I mean, let me tell you something. The thing about the world is the world has attractive and desirable traps. Right? It's like, hey man, if I, if I go and I do and I participate in these things, and you know what I mean, and I do drugs and I smoke out, you know, whatever, then, then, I, then I hang out with these guys and I get popularity because people think that that's cool or whatever. Or, or if I drink and I go to the parties, this guy, man, that would give me popularity. Or if I, if I dress this way and act this way and talk this way and do this and do that, then people are going to think that I'm cool and, and people are going to do this and all this kind of stuff. And what happens is, is that you begin to get enticed into this environment. You begin to get enticed by Satan into this world. And what happens is they look desirable. They look attractive. They are, they, are, they are out there. Let me give me a perfect example. Guys, you know the girl, man. You know the girl at your school that you're like, man, she is smoking. You know what I'm talking about? Girls, you know the guy at y'all's school? Like all the girls talk about him like, oh, he's so cute. You know what I'm talking about? That guy? That, there's two of them? <laughs> oh, But man, he, he, he or she, they, they, don't, they don't love Jesus. They're not, they're, not, they're not into God. They're not into, you know, the things of God. And they're heading down their own road. They're doing all this kind of stuff. And they walk up to you at school and they go, man, I've been thinking about you all week long. And I just, man, I just want to date you. And I just want to make out right now. I'm just going to be honest. I just want to make out right now. I'm just going to be honest with you guys, man. Most of us are weak. Most of us would jump at that in a second. It's desirable. It's attractive. It's what I want. It's what I desire. It's the pleasures. All this kind of stuff. Dude, that is, that is what Satan does. He uses, he schemes by using the things of the world to draw us in. You, you're not thinking about what God says. You're not thinking that God says, do not be yoked together with those who don't believe. Why? Because what does Christ have in common with an unbeliever? What does this world have, what does darkness have in common with light? What happens is that you compromise. You compromise on your integrity. You compromise on different things in your life because it's distractive. It's desirable. And you've got to be careful. He lays the trap out there. He goes on, and I, I just want to lay this out because I think this is so awesome. He's explaining to us here that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the powers and authorities. And it's against all this other stuff out there. And this is the attack of the enemy. And sometimes, man, you're, you're under the attack from the enemy. And Satan wants to destroy you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and sober for your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. And the way he does that is, is he entices you in with the attractiveness and the desires of the world and then once he's got you he's got you 
He has strongholds. He gets footholds in your life. That's the reason the Bible says don't let Satan get a foothold in your life. Don't let him latch on. Don't let him grab a hold of you. Now, in this passage of Scripture, what I really like about it is is that he tells us about this real war that we have, but then he gives us three things, three challenges for us so that we can overcome. And, dude, I love this. He goes through and he starts out. Let's go back up to the top in verse 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What is the first thing he says? What is the first challenge he gives us? The first challenge he gives us is to be strong. He says, look, you got to be strong. you got to step it up. you got to be strong. How many of you guys need to be challenged with that thought tonight? Man, you, you got some temptations going on. you got these situations going on. Man, you need to hear, I need to be strong. Because let's be honest, when push comes to shove, most of the time, we're weak. We're weak, man, and we're like, yeah, man, I want to be strong. I try to be strong. I mean, when I'm at the point, I'm strong. But then we walk out, and we we get to school, and, man, and the weekend comes, and it's like, oh, man, it's so hard to be strong. And, you know, these temptations are coming in. Like, like how, do I, how do I break free from this? I mean, you know, I, God, you just, I'm, man, my computer's just right there in my room. I, I just feel like I need to look at that. And, I, you know, I just feel, man, I, you know what? Like, I'm just so depressed because of this thing that happened to me in my past. And I know I should be strong. I know I shouldn't do it. But I'm going to go and I'm going to close the door in my room, and I'm going to cut myself so I can take away that pain. And I know I shouldn't do it. I know when I look at myself in the mirror, I know that God says that I'm beautiful and I know that God created me in his image and I know God doesn't make junk but then when I go and I look in the mirror I just don't see attractiveness and I don't see beauty and I don't see those desires and, and so I feel like when I eat a meal I need to go put my finger in my throat so that I, I, don't, I don't feel fat or so that I can lose weight or I just don't eat at all I mean you know we could go on and on and on and on and on but when the reality is the Bible tells us to be strong and we're sitting here going but I don't know how to be strong I'm not strong if I'm honest with myself I, I just hold my hands up in the and surrender I'm just not strong I'm weak and you're right you are you are notice what he says he says be strong in the Lord listen and in whose mighty power in his mighty power listen you are not strong You don't have the strength. But what Paul is telling us here, he's talking to believers. He's saying, as a believer, listen, you need to know something. You have God's mighty power living inside of you. And where you are weak, he is strong. The same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God who helped David defeat Goliath, the same God who raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that did all three of those things and many other miracles all throughout Scripture, that same power lives in you. Amen? That is great news. Listen, some of you are here and you keep battling and fighting and struggling and you're not overcoming. Listen, because you don't have the power of God inside of you. Let me say that again. Some of you are not overcoming because you don't have the power of God within you. You have never surrendered your life to Jesus. And you wonder why I struggle with the same sin 
over and over and over and over and over and over again. And every time there's an altar call with the church, I come walking to the front and I say, God, I want to give my life to you. And every time they're nailing something to a cross or they're, they're given a, a, a thing to, to do in the church and, you know, like, man, you know, come and surrender this and come and surrender that. You're down at the altar and you're doing it and you're all this kind of stuff. But the only reason you're doing it is because you feel guilty about what you've been doing over on the side because you've never surrendered your life to Christ and because of that you're getting no victory over sin in your life and listen you never will apart from him Jesus says in John 15 apart from me you can do nothing period period and listen hear me I think one of the biggest lies in the whole entire world One of the biggest lies in the whole entire world is this. You can do anything you want to if you put your mind to it. This self-help, power of positive thinking, do do anything you want, put your mind to it, man. You can be strong. You can be anything that you want to be. Satan is the father of lies. And let me tell you something. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Let me tell you something. I'll prove it to you. Dude, I can can think as positively as I want to think. I can practice every single day, all day. I can put all of my mind to it. I can give my everything to it. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to be the next Justin Bieber. It's a fact. It's a fact. Just not. I'm never going to sell tens of millions of CDs and have, a, and, have, and have mobs of middle school girls screaming my name. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. All right? Never going to happen. <laughs> and I don't desire that either. You say, why do you say that? Listen, it's a lie. It's a lie. Let me tell you something. When, I, when, when my brother was seven years old, seven, six, seven, eight years old, he used to say this all the time. He'd be like, if I got the courage, I can do it. And so one day, I got tired of my brother saying it. I'd be like, Jason, if you had the courage, I'd be like, jump that tree right there. And he'd look up at the tree, and he'd be like, I don't think I got the courage. But if I had the courage, I could do it. And I'd be to my brother, I'd be like, hey, Jason, <laughs> If you got the courage, go pick, up, pick our house up. My brother walked over to the corner of our house. He would get down, he'd put his hands on the side of the house, and he would start trying to pick up on the house. He's like, I guess I don't have the courage. No, it's not that you don't have the courage. It's that a seven-year-old can't pick up a freaking house, no matter how much courage he has. Right? Come on. Listen, the point isn't, the point, I mean, I mean, self-esteem, your entire life, all you've been taught, taught all through school is have good self-esteem. Think of yourself highly. Have good self-esteem. Have good self-esteem. You know, yeah, the reason you're struggling in your life is because you have bad self-esteem. You know what the Bible says in Romans 12? Do not esteem yourself more highly than you ought to. The Bible says humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Listen, when you let go of self-esteem and start putting your focus on God-esteem, you don't have to worry about how you see yourself because you will see yourself the way God sees you. Amen? That's heavy stuff, but it's good stuff, I'm telling you. It's a lie. It's a lie. 
And this is not meant to be a quick fix when he talks about being strong. This isn't, this isn't meant to be like one of those things where it's like, you know what I'm talking about, God. Come on, man. Let's, let's just be real for a minute, all right? Like, I'm a pastor, all right? I, I'm, I'm there sometimes too, all right? I'm not above you, better than you, whatever. I'm living out this faith journey just like you are. And, man, you know what it is? It's like sometimes it's like, you know, we, we go to God and we're like, God, man, you know, I, God, you know I've been down at 12 Stone now for like four and a half months and you know, that, you know that my wife and I, man, we want to sell our house, and we want to buy a house down here, and God, could you just help us with that? God, just give us that, man. That's all we want right now. That's all we want right now. I think sometimes God's like, hey, Derek, why is it that every time you want a quick fix in your life, you come running down on your knees at my feet? But every other day, you stop doing your own thing. Give me no time of day. Derek, you don't even consider me, but you heard your mom got in a car wreck and you're down on your face praying your head off that I would answer. And then when I don't answer your prayers, you get mad at me because I didn't answer your prayers because you never considered me to begin with. How selfish are we? I mean, how selfish are we? think God's like a genie in the bottle and we just go and we're like, hey God, give me this, give me this, give me this. And he says, listen, this ain't a quick fix. This is about a daily relationship with Jesus. This is about being strong in the Lord. This is about living in the power of God in everything that you do in your life. This is about being able to battle temptation on a daily basis, an hourly basis, and all this kind of stuff because here's the deal and he tells us why. He goes on to tell us in here, he says, because the day of evil will come. It's going to come. And he says this, and I, I, I want to I just, I want to go into this because I think this is, this is so powerful. Look what, it, look what he says. Back up to verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Look what he says. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Then if you jump down to uh, verse 13, he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Twice this passage, he says, put on the full armor of God. What is he saying here? He's saying, dude, put on the full armor of God. This armor was not supposed to be put on lightly. This is the second challenge he's given us. The first challenge is be strong. The second one is put on the armor of God. And he goes through right after this, he talks about the armor of God. He says, put the belt of truth around your waist, which we're going to talk about next week. And he says, then put the breast of righteousness. And then have your feet readiness with your feet with readiness with the gospel to go out and share the gospel of peace. And, and then he goes through all of the different armors of God and the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation. And he walks through all in the shield of faith. He walks through the armor. He says, put on the full armor of God. He says, be ready for battle. Listen, a Roman soldier had no concept in this time of going into battle without a single piece of armor. Not one single concept. In fact, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago that there were 18 laws among the Roman guard that if they broke one of those laws, the punishment was death. One of those laws is, as a Roman soldier, if you lose a sword, if you lose your shield, if you lose a piece of your armor in battle, or if you're not coming to battle with a piece of your armor, the punishment is death. That is how intense and how serious it was to put on your armor and to be ready for battle. And this is what he's saying here. He's like, listen, this is serious. You need to have your armor on every day. You need to be ready just like a Roman soldier is every single day for battle. And what happens is we go through and we read all those, those different things. We're like, yeah, but I put on my armor. Man, I have faith. I have faith. You know, yeah, man, I mean, I'm a pretty righteous guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. All this kind of stuff. Dude, when was the last time you were in God's word? That's a part of the armor. 
It's a part of the armor. Who's going to go into battle without their, their sword? I mean, if you've got a chink in your armor, the enemy is going to attack that chink. And that is exactly what he's saying. He's like, look, he's like, don't come here and try to put on party armor. He's like, pull on the whole armor because the whole entire armor is important. And why does he say put on all of your armor? I think there's two reasons why. The first reason is to be prepared. And the second reason is so that you can get the victory. So that you can be prepared. Look what he says. Drop down to verse 13. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. When the day of evil comes, here's the reality. The day of evil is going to come. The day of temptation is going to come. I have people say all the time, they're like, Derek, man, you know, like, you know, should I go to parties? Should I do this? Should I do this? I mean, when there's stuff that's going to be there, you know, that I know is not real, like, you know, Christian-like or whatever. Should I go to that kind of stuff? And I'm like, look, here's the reality. Whether you go there, whether you don't go there, at the, at the end of the day, you're going to have a time in your life where you're going to show up at a place and there's going to be compromising things there. And I'm not as concerned about as much where you go as how prepared you are when you get there. You hear me? Let me say that again. I'm not as concerned about where you go as much as I am how prepared you are when you get there. Because I've been in some pretty dark places and I've prepared myself spiritually and I've walked into those places spiritually prepared and temptation is not an issue in those situations. I've also walked into situations where I wasn't prepared for and, I, and it was set up for disaster and I fell. And you've got to be prepared, man. That's what he's saying. He's like, you've got to be prepared. And the language he uses here is just like a soldier. All throughout the scripture, we see these different pictures of different, of different metaphors for, for what it means to be prepared. And, you know, it talks about being an athlete. Man, an athlete works hard to prepare for their sport. And, and a soldier works hard to prepare for battle. And, and there's this discipline that's there for you to, you know, and it's, it takes discipline to get in God's word. It takes discipline to carve out time in your day to read God's word. And, and, and it's, you know, and, and the reality is, is that when we're not prepared, that's when we get blindsided anybody ever been blindsided before I mean you're just like man I'm just I wasn't prepared for that situation all of a sudden boom I was living my life everything was fine and my father passed away I was I was living life everything was fine and then boom blindsided when I was in high school I played football and I remember we were playing this this team Thomasville and Thomasville was a bunch of big old guys and they kicked our butt every year and uh, we're playing Thomasville, and I played strong safety on defense. I played receiver on offense, and I'll never forget this. And uh, of all the hits I ever got hit in my entire life, I remember this one. I remember it was a kickoff, and I was on the kickoff team also. And so I'm lined up on the kickoff team, and the guy goes, and he kicks the ball off. And so I'm running down the field, and, and dude, I've got like a like laser beam bead on the guy carrying the ball. And he's running, and dude, I'm like running, and I'm like, yeah, I'm about to smash this dude. And I'm running, and I go like this right here to hit him, and all of a sudden, like, like I don't even know what happened. Next thing I know, I'm like 20 yards that way. This big cornbread... <laughs> You know, eating dude. Like, I didn't even see him. I mean, he just blindsided. I just came in, and dude, he just blew out. I went flipping through the air like car wheels, all this kind of stuff. I hit the ground. I didn't even know where I was at. I was like, holy cow, where is this at? You know, I'm like, you know, I mean, I was freaking out. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I got a concussion. I couldn't see anything, everything else. I mean, I just, I got completely blindsided. And the reason I got blindsided is because my guard wasn't up. My guard wasn't up. I wasn't ready. I was paying attention to the one thing. I wasn't looking this way. I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, I got hit. It's, it's kind of like, kind of like this this clip right here this is kind of exactly what happened to me let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> 
What an awesome song for that hit. Look, I'm just telling you, that was me right there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get him. Oh, crap. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what it was, you know? And, and so, and, and dude, you know, I, I wasn't prepared, man. I got blindsided by it. And here's the reality. The day of evil is going to come. And if you're not prepared, if you're not ready, you're going to get blindsided. Listen, I don't care how strong you think you are. If you're not prepared, you're going to fail. If you're not prepared, you're going to fail. Every time. You say, Derek, I can't get victory over this sin. I can't quit doing this kind of stuff. I can't quit doing this, all this kind of stuff. If you don't put on the full armor of God, listen to me, you will fail. You will fail. The Bible is here telling us the game plan, telling us the battle plan, the way that we can get victory, the way that we can overcome. That's what he's telling us here. Secondly, is for the victory, the victory to stand. Look what he says, and I, I just, man, I just love this, love this part, because this is just what I'm passionate about, students taking a stand for Jesus. And he says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Four times in three verses in here, he says the word stand. Stand. Stand firm. He said, listen, he says, when you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Like, when you've been in the face of persecution, when you're in the face of temptation, when you're in the face of everything, you've done everything in your power that you know to do. You have done everything to stand. You are standing there, you're ready, and you've done everything that you know to do to stand. What does he say? Stand firm even then. When the battle looks like it's not going to be won, when the victory looks like it's far away, when temptation looks like it's going to overtake you, when persecution looks like it's going to overtake you, he says, keep standing firm. Why? Because you're not only in the battle, but God is in the battle with you. And if he lives inside of you, if you have a relationship with him, he will help you stand. He even tells us here, he's like, it is impossible to stand without putting on the full armor of God. Look what he says. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. What is he saying? The only way that you're able to stand your ground is if you put on the full armor of God. That is why we are going to spend like five weeks talking about the armor of God. Because you need to know what the armor of God is so that you know how to take a stand against the enemy and a stand against the forces that are trying to destroy you and trying to defeat you. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, I love this verse. He says this, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, listen, they have divine power or they have God's power. They have God's power to demolish strongholds. You guys got strongholds in your life? I mean, let's just be real. Are there some strongholds in your life? Maybe the reality is there's some strongholds in your life that nobody else knows about. You would never get up here on the stage and talk about and be bold and talk about the things that Alex just talked about a little bit ago. There are major strongholds in your life. And he tells us, look, man, we don't have the weapons of this world. The weapons that we have have God's power behind it. And here's the reality. You're never going to break free from those strongholds in your life if you don't have God's power. And if you don't have a relationship with him, you don't have God's power. You don't. I'll just put you to the test. Keep trying to break free on your own. And when you've done everything that you know to do to break free and you still can't break free, then come to me and I'll tell you what Jesus can do to help you break free. 
The only way to break free is to put your trust and faith in Jesus and surrender to him. One of the pieces of armor is the helmet of salvation. Salvation is a big part of it. When it says the full armor of God, the language literally means put on the new self. The language literally means put on God. Put on his power. Be ready. Be ready to take a stand. I wrote this down, and I'm going to conclude with this. There's a reality of evil in this world. And the source of the evil is, in, is spiritual and in the heavenly realms. And if you are not strong in Christ, if you have not put on the full armor of God to be prepared, then you will not stand. The believer must be ready for battle or for, because it is a war. Living for God doesn't just happen. Listen, living for God doesn't just happen. It's a fight and it's a war. As we go through this series on This Is War, you need to understand that the enemy is out there and he's out there to destroy you. And it is a war. It is a war. And he's a deceiver. He's the father of lies and he wants to tell lies and he wants to show you things that you think are going to bring you joy and everlasting happiness and peace. And at the end of the day, they lead to destruction and death. And the only thing that can offer you peace and the only thing that can give you strength and the only thing that can help you overcome is relationship with Jesus, period. Is tapping into the power of God. And here's the reality, church. This was a challenge to the church. If you're a Christian in here and you've been living a defeated life, what he's saying here is dude, there's a battle going on in the heavenly realms and because you've been given the power through, the, through Jesus, because you have the power of God living in you, no longer does that have a power and authority over you because the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So why in the world are you letting Satan deceive you and beat you down when you've got the power of God living inside of you? Be strong in the Lord. Stop being a pansy. Stop letting the wind of every negative influence in your life blow you in this direction or that direction. Man up, woman up, whatever you need to do, pull your bootstraps on, stick your gear on, and get ready for war. Because God's power lives inside of you and he can give you the strength to overcome. Period. Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. I pray, Father, that you would just work in us and through us. God, that you would help us just to claim the victory that is in you and through you. God, we desire your power more than anything in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to show you guys something. Now you're fine. Be strong and put on the armor of God. It gives you the ability to stand. And the challenge for you guys is to take a stand for Jesus, man. You can't take a stand in your school for Christ. You can't take a stand in your sports team and, and in your neighborhood and in your home and in your family. You can't take a stand for Christ if, if you don't have a relationship with him. You can't take a stand for Christ even if you have a relationship with him if you're not putting on the full armor of God. Stop living a defeated life. Here's a challenge I'm going to give to all of you guys. The threefold challenges I want to challenge you. Number one, to be strong in the Lord, to lean into his power. Number two, to put on the full armor of God. You say, how do I do that? Well, the first thing I want to ask you guys to do is along with reading a chapter in the book of Ephesians, I'm going to ask you guys through the rest of this series, for the rest of the time, for the rest of the series as we go through, there are middle school ministries doing the same thing. In fact, I want to show you guys a powerful video of one of the middle school girls in our middle school ministry who prays the armor of God every morning when she wakes up and what God's been doing in her life. It's unbelievable. And I want to challenge you guys for the rest of this series, every single day to pray the armor of God. 
And in order to pray the armor of God, you're going to have to get into Ephesians chapter 6 in your Bible and you're going to have to read it. And just pray it. Just say, God, I'm just going to read this to you as a prayer. God, help me today to put on the belt of truth. God, help me today to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Help me today. Just give me opportunities to share my faith. Give me opportunities to, to have my feet ready with the gospel of peace. God, today, just, just, just give me the helmet of salvation. God, today, just... just Man, help, just hide the sword of the Spirit within me, Lord. Hide your word within me. God, just today, give me the shield of faith. Give me the shield of faith. God, help me to have strong faith today. I want to ask you guys to pray that every day, every morning when you get up. Just, man, wake up two minutes earlier or write it down, and on your ride to school, just pray it quietly. It'll take you literally 30 seconds to pray it. But pray the armor of God. Read the book of Ephesians this week. And finally, take a stand.